So, uh, you know, Mike, I, I have a lot of uh, fans on X, <laughs> uh, and somebody uh, Xed me that mm -hmm. you have vocal, vocal fry. And I was just trying, I was just <laughs> chatting with Amanda to be like, does he really have vocal, vocal fry? Like, Man, this is making me self-conscious because I, I already think that about myself. Like, I already hate the... I hate that that quality comes through really clearly to me. There's a few ticks I have that really yeah. drive me nuts to the point that it's hard to listen back to these things. See, I, I hear myself doing it now. It's at the end of sentences. I trail off and I get that fry type quality. So you have a you. First of all, we do not think you have vocal fry. We think you've just been working. You've been editing like for eighteen hours straight. You do not have vocal fry. Oh, good. I, oh, I just no, sound. I, I just sound horribly tired at all times. No, no. I think he's been on the ice, just screaming for six hours, and and <laughs> and the cold. I'm, I'm, I'm very quiet on the ice. Yeah, well, you're, right, you're like... up against the wall the whole time, right? Walls, walls. <laughs> Mike, who is it who used to say, try to talk trash on on the ice and say like really weird things? It was a politician. Oh, Anthony Weiner. Yes. What yeah. Would you do? <laughs> well, he's he's a goalie. I feel like I shouldn't name the rink. I don't want to like send people. <laughs> running there to anybody who remembers Anthony Weiner from his career a decade ago. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's very relevant. Well, I mean, I've seen him look around like in the locker room or on it on his way to the locker room and it's like he's expecting to be recognized. So yeah. it's this weird I don't know. I've made weird he's a bit eye of an exhibitionist. So maybe he's, you know, <laughs> looking to be <laughs> I kid. I kid, Congressman. He's pretty good goalie, I have to say. Um, but what yeah. kind of, what's his trash talk like? Oh, so he, I mean, he just, he yells, he'll like make a save and then yell shit at you, uh, which is not unheard of for a goalie. Like goalies are, I mean, you know, they're known to be, the stereotype is that they're all pretty weird or they all have a screw loose, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he, he stopped me on, I had like a little, a breakaway or half breakaway against him and he stopped me and then I didn't even, I, I don't think I knew it was him at this point um it was the first time I played against him but as I turned to head back the other way I heard he, he has this very nasal voice and he goes like not today big boy <laughs> wow that's, that's my Anthony Weiner encounter but I've, I've since played a few times against him and he's he's pretty good if you get up close just whisper in his ear you're never going to be mayor and she'll just collapse <laughs> or president he was on like well i, I mean, mean that goes without saying you know but uh, if you remember that he really was on track for that i think in a way that that we might not remember or might not want to remember now you know i remember when he announced he was running for for mayor and like the comeback bid i uh superimposed his his mayoral logo uh over his nudes and posted them on, on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i got i got a lot of it you know i got a lot of a lot of tweets i'm sure <laughs> <laughs>
They were good. They were better than his actual branded stuff. He should have thanked me. Like, yeah. The idea of him being out on the ice and like wanting so badly to talk trash and having no idea how to do it. I know. It, it was all... comes across like he's flirting a bit, big boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> he saw you in the locker and he's like, hey, big boy. His uh, Carlos <laughs> Danger persona came out. Big boy with polar bear arms keeps me warm in the winter snowstorm. When chill is biting, but his jacket's unzipped. He bring in my groceries in just one trip. Till the sun comes back, I need a big so today we're going to talk about some of our favorite words. So we're really talking about word preferences today. Yeah, not everything has to be dry and academic. I feel pretty justified in topics like this that are sort of vocabulary obsessed. I'm not sure we spend enough time thinking about this kind of thing, you know, in any outlet with an emphasis on reporting over actual the actual writing of the piece which is to say a lot of news outlets i think sort of get away from drilling down to the sentences at, at line level or looking at word choice um and i just think it's nice to get back to that i mean this is sort of my gripe with a lot of classes that teach literature and you know there's there's other important things to talk about when you study a novel clearly. But I, I think that to remind people that we traffic in words, and sometimes it's nice to turn our attention to words as words, you know. These are supposed to be words that are family appropriate, right? <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. If you want oh. to throw something... It was like uh, uh, inside the actor's studio, um, one of the questions always was, what's your favorite curse word? <laughs> Let me hear you say the words I long to hear Darling, when you're near mm-hmm. Words of love you Whisper true Okay, so I think the way we're going to do this is we each picked three favorite words in English, one least favorite, uh, and one favorite from another language. I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, go for it. A word that I, I absolutely love is charlatan. <laughs> I can see why that would have come up. It's a good word. It does it's, feel... it's fun to say. Uh, it it kind of rolls off the tongue. It, it, it has, you know, lately it's had a lot more meaning uh, in my life than the, mm-hmm. maybe the first half. Um, and I see, I just see a lot of charlatans from Sam Bankman-Fried to maybe Donald Trump. I don't know, but but you know, the, it just seems like 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 a, a word that has only become <laughs> more, more more relevant more relevant in in, in my life. And uh, you know, it also just has the benefit of being like a fun word to to say. Yeah, I agree. It does uh, roll off the tongue. It's I I wonder if it's too pleasant sounding a word for the thing it describes um but that's kind of neither here nor there like the it, people it, that you're accusing of being charlatans you automatically lessen well, them you belittle them you you yeah a you, little yeah. Yeah. i think um yeah i think that was probably true before it just became so common in in this era of like hucksters but uh you know like there was an article i saw a couple of weeks ago it was like do we do we call too many people grifters 
It's like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it seems, seems like the right amount to seems me. Like the right amount, yeah. There's a, there's a yeah. lot of grifting going on out there. I do wonder if there's more Charlton's like a classy grifter, you know? Like, uh, I feel like a grifter is like a, the guy who does the glasses thing on the street where you, you pretend that he's like broken your glasses. But like a charlatan, you know, French, it's a, something, something classic. That's what I'm on. getting at. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> I think of like Leo in Catch Me If You Can. Yes. Uh, yeah, that that's what I was getting at with the, the sound of the word. Like it's it's very sort of um, learned, I think, is Amanda's point also. Like, you, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's um, why it's one of my favorite words. It is great. <laughs> and the other thing I was wondering about is if there really is more grifting going on at this moment in time than there, or maybe we're just more aware of it now. There's more, there's definitely more media about it. I mean, everything from, you know, there, take your pick on Netflix. There's, there's been bad vegan. Now there's bad surgeon. There's, yeah. it's just like America is just feels like a big grift lately. That's my hot take. I think it's, I think there's also like the internet's made us like grift at scale. So like you can like send a text <laughs> message to like a million people. It's like pretends to be a person, you know, and back and back in the day, like Leo had to like convince each person he was a doctor. Yeah. He you had know? to wash each check. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's he, exhausting. He had to, you had to really put some yeah. elbow grease into yeah. it. Now to, you just need like a, like a Bitcoin address and you can just grift all day long, you know? It's yeah. Or, yeah. or you just like auto text to a million <laughs> numbers at the time. Uh, hey, is Delilah there? Oh, I'm sorry. You seem really polite. Have, yeah. you, have you gotten those yet? Oh, I, I love those. They yeah, I the, do too. The photo of the beautiful woman. It's like, do we meet? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Can you imagine like who who is flattered enough to like engage with those conversations for real? That's it's such a. Strange... I think flattered is putting it charitably. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, not bright enough. Who's sad enough? Yeah. You know? um, anyway. That's not something a charlatan would do. That's that's not classy. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a low a low grift. Um, Amanda, you want to go? What I love is I love when someone writes about a place or a person and kind of incorporates the words that that person would specifically know mm -hmm. or that that place specifically produced. So the first one is Har, H-A-A-R. But have I spoken about this before? I don't think so. No. Okay, good. What it means is it's this very cold, damp sea fog specifically coming in from the east coast of Scotland and northern England. It's It's got to be on the North Sea. And it rolls in off the sea, and it's it's almost like you're in the never-ending story. Like, you can't see anything. Um, and what's amazing about being inside the Har is it's raining, but it doesn't rain down it kind of rains in all directions at once like it's a suspension of gravity or something <laughs> but apparently it came from the dutch dutch I would, yeah the double a makes it look really dutch. okay 
Yeah. I did not know this. So I wrote to my friend, Miley Dupuis Camp. She's Dutch. Mm-hmm. And she sent me a voice message pronouncing it correctly. And it was like, Haruch. And she was like, it doesn't mean damp. It means hairy. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it makes perfect sense with this rain coming in every direction. You know, that actually tracks for me. Mm-hmm. Like enveloping you like a, you know, a bear skin. Are the Scottish like the, the, the Alaskans where they would have like a thousand different words for, for various type of fog? Uh, That's an interesting question. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, find I- out. Because if there's something that specific, there must be other specific types of... Yeah, some of those, there's some really interesting names for things like super regional weather phenomena. Mm -hmm. Like doesn't, um, as soon as you, you, I'd never heard this word before and I I had to look it up uh, just to see that it does exist in in Merriam-Webster. But as soon as you described what it denotes, um, I was thinking of the word Chinook, which I think is a similar thing yeah. like a weather pattern or a wind in a, in a or a certain type of wind that's yeah. characteristic of one spot so um, my, sis, my sister-in-law lives in lethbridge in alberta and they have an enormous tree in their backyard and when the chinooks come through it like twists like you can't even believe it's still standing it's amazing how strong they are those winds and where do they live lethbridge alberta Oh, okay. So this is because I, I just looked this up, and it looks like the so it it's obviously it's related to the people um, who are all like it's a, around the Columbia River, so Oregon, like oh, really? Rocky Mountains, Oregon. But that, yeah, I mean, I I hadn't either to be honest. I just remember that there's and I see here it's there's a listing in the dictionary for the a, a warm, moist southwest wind of the coast from Oregon northward. Um. And that would probably be the the spelling with the little c, um, rather than capitalized. But yeah, um, it's also funny to me that to see that word "har" written out, I think it it does look super Dutch with the double a in there. But to hear you say it, it it like couldn't sound more Scottish, you know? <laughs> oh I mean, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I just I instantly went to groundskeeper Willie. Like I can hear him saying that, you know. I'm that's how you see me really isn't it yeah pretty <laughs> basically yeah that's a high compliment for mike though i think uh, of course yeah <laughs> okay um so my first word is mellifluous um and i've, I've just uh, I've just always really liked that word. I, th- I think it's just, it's really a, a very pleasant sounding word that describes the sound of pleasantness. So it's, it's just, I, I love the kind of internal logic of it. Um, and I, it, a lot of that is just based on the pure sound of it, which is very nice. But in um, preparing for this episode, I looked it up uh, to see how it breaks down. And I'd never considered that. Uh, so obviously the fluous part of it, there's a lot of words that have that that kind of root in play. Um, so it means flowing, like fluid, fluent, uh, the list goes on. But I'd never stopped to consider what that first part means. And it's from the Latin for honey. Um, so it, it's literally flowing like honey. 
And the other thing I didn't know about this word was that it, in addition to this, to the, the definition um, of a pleasant sound, um, there's a secondary definition that really is literally flowing like honey. Um, uh, you'd use it to describe something edible or drinkable. Um, so you might hear it in reference to wine, um, especially I'm told uh, by the dictionary, a wine with a pronounced note of sweetness, um, which I'm not sure I've ever seen that use before. I think I've only ever seen this in reference to sound, um, like a mellifluous tone of voice. Uh, but yeah, it's good to know it can be used for uh, sweet sweet foods or uh or drinks like a nice dessert a nice dessert wine yeah port wine or yeah, uh port. lambrusco sure. if you're in italy yeah oh i do love lambrusco oh me too in the early fall in the early fall in the late fall in the spring you know. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that if you put cassis in lambrusco it's called a communist whoa what is cassis? Black currant liqueur. Black currant. Do I like that? I'm not sure yes. I do. That sounds do tasty, I? actually. I like Maybe I like a I little do. currant. I used to have a vape that was black currant. Ooh. <laughs> but I don't sounds... think it really, I don't think it was a good <laughs> it wasn't exact, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So my next word is funicular. Ooh. Oh God, that's a great one. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like the way it sounds. I like funiculars a lot. In fact, I make a point when I'm in a city, if there is a funicular, to, uh, to take that cable railway system right on up the mountain or whatever it might be. Um, and it is apparently derived from Latin uh, word for rope. So, yeah, so, you know, be, if you, it's not a funicular if it's just a train going up the mountain. It's got to have, it's got to have the rope the and cable. Yeah. yeah, the cable is like, you know, that's what makes it work. There's Ryan, a one in Quebec City. I was just going to say. I've done you, it. Ryan, yes. you, you are speaking Gene and Vic Laws' language now because they were obsessed with the funicular in Quebec City. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. When we were there over the summer, it was it was like the pivot point of every conversation, every walk around town. Like we, we were kind of drifting in the direction of the funicular because they were just, they just couldn't get enough of it. I mean, it, it was, they have something like this on every trip they go on. They, they key on one local thing like that. Like they, they were in the desert Southwest and it was javelinas. So anything javelina shaped, like any trinket, everything. What is that? Isn't it the little, the little like um, armadillo type animal? Those are so cute. Yeah, I'm not actually sure. I'm look, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, they're kind of like a. Well, they're a pig-like ungulate. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're a little more like a capybara, or a. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't exactly know how to describe this thing. Like they, they're like a little cute wild boar kind of. 
Anyway, my this is the kind of thing my parents get really into, and they they only there's always one thing like this on any vacation they take, and in Quebec City it was the funicular. So Ryan, they're going to be thrilled that you're of like mind here. Love love the funicular in uh, in Quebec City. There there, in some cities have the, the kind of a little more like. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know how to describe them. Like uh, what you take when you go up the up the mountain on a snow uh, to go skiing. What are they called? Um, a lift. They call it a lift. Just a lift. No, yes. What's the thing called that goes to like across 59th Street to Roosevelt Island? I was just like gonna say tram? we. Yeah, we just did that too. Like, um, yeah. Quito has this amazing one that goes, it's a, it's the best thing to do in Quito, not a whole lot. So, so you go up and down the mountain on this, like, and it goes up, like the elevation's like really high. So you, just, yeah. you get like extra high, like the weather's different on top of the mountain. So yeah, I love those things. Funiculars are, are the best. Yeah. We just did the 59th street um, cable car, Kim and I, for the, the first time we meant to do it since moving to the city, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and it was really quick, like, and kind of disappointing, I have to say. Um, I mean, it's like a three minute ride. <laughs> what did you expect? What, yeah, I don't know. I don't take know. Take the Staten Island Ferry next, Mike. There's, yeah, there's so much we just did that. Go. We just did that recently, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I took the Staten Island Ferry for the first time last year. We went someone a friend was getting married on it on the ferry yeah so we met them that's in cool. staten island and then as we came back they were married that's cool it was fun yeah i think that's a really cool idea i just wonder about like if anyone at any point has to talk to the the mta about doing that you know I mean, you, don't, you don't even need a metro card to get on the uh staten island ferry right? oh that's yeah that's true it is yeah. just totally free yeah. totally free I can inquire in case any of our listeners ever want to get married on the Staten Island Ferry. Well, I think, Mike, you should renew your vows uh, on <laughs> no, the Staten Island Ferry. I mean, it would be kind of appropriate because we, we got married, like, right <laughs> on the water over at uh, Chelsea Piers at the venue there. So, I mean, yeah. I have to say I prefer Chelsea Piers to the Staten Island Ferry. It might just be. It might I, just I mean, be... I like being on land as a, just as a general rule. You know, I, I like having solid ground under my feet, but I like the idea of getting married on, a, on the ferry. Or, so, yeah. The other, the other word that I love is also from my time in Scotland, and it's actually one of my favorite moments when I go back there is um, the guy who picks me up at Edinburgh Airport. His name is John. He's like probably 10 years older than me. All he wants to do is talk about this disco that opened <laughs> next to the secondary school when I was about 10. So I was too young to go to it, but really wanted to go to it. And this was John's heyday. Like he must have been 18, 19, 20. <laughs> and he's like, it was called Scamps. Um, and he was always like, oh, Scamps, like, fantastic. <laughs> he was telling me um, how they, he and his guy friends would stay like until the very end of the night. And then they would go around the 
town begging for food. So they'd go to Barnett's, which is the local bakery, and they'd like hang out outside until the first sausage rolls of the of the day were ready. And then they'd go to the Anstruther fish and chip shop, hang out out back and beg for the scraggins. And scrag is a fantastic word. And <laughs> do you know the word? No, no. So it means like a thin or scrawny person. Um, or if you're cooking like scrag end of lamb, you're cooking the narrow part of the neck, which mm -hmm. means like the part of your neck closest to your head. <laughs> so like it's it's peasant food, right? Like it's stuff that you make into stew. Mm -hmm. But in John's case, what he's talking about is the tail end of the haddock would become <laughs> overly fried and fall off and just spend all night in the bottom of the deep fryer. Mm -hmm. And when they took the basket scoop and cleaned out the deep fryer, John and his <laughs> friends wanted those. Those were the scragans. <laughs> the scragans. <laughs> How do you spell it? S-C-R-A-G. Okay, so there's no I in there. That's what I was no. wondering. If the, yeah, yeah. Scrag. I mean that that sounds like the when I lived in the my the first time I lived in Baltimore I lived in Baltimore in a couple different stints but the first time there was this great place that ended up closing probably was closed by by the board of health now that I think about it but uh the the wings there were so good mm. and I I always heard people say it's because if you ever go back and look at the kitchen that you'd never want to eat there again it was just like the deep fryer had never been cleaned out or you know probably had been months between uh, having the oil drain but it was so good for that reason i mean maybe we were just all eating the scraggins and didn't didn't know it my next one and this is kind of a lot like my first one uh but it's the word eloquent um and very much like the first my, my first choice uh it's because i just really love how it it nicely mirrors in sound the thing it describes um and i just i think it's that combination of sounds is really pleasant and kind of uncommon like i don't think you with, with the exception of related words like loquacious, um, I don't think you really hear that combination of sounds uh, a, a ton. I was no, I was curious if if eloquent and elegant have have a similar uh, uh, root. Yeah. Uh, what is the what is the name of it? Is there a name for it when the word sounds like what it means? Ooh, um, there's onomatopoeia, but that's not quite what we're talking about here. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure. If only look. we had a producer who could Google it right now. <laughs> onomatopoeia is a good word, too. Yeah, and that's that's really similar to what we're talking about, but I, I don't... It's think... not exact, though. Yeah, it's not... It's, it's like not It sounds that. like buzz, you know, like buzz sounds like buzz. Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't, Buzz doesn't like, uh, it's hard to explain. Yeah. I, I know, that I, I understand the question. And I, I, I do think that's interesting that like a word like elegant or eloquent 
it really does feel it's like it's the words got some some gravitas and i agree that elegant does it too it's it's elegant sounds elegant you know yeah um and i i don't think that's just because we're i i think there's a little bit of a risk of bias when saying that because you're so the the meaning of the word is so entwined with with the the sound of it to us yeah. you know but I don't think it's just that. Like, I think elegant is a really nice sounding word, even if you, in the way that charlatan is a really nice sounding word that describes something that's not nice. Right. You know, it's the Pink Floyd's mother of this conversation. Where you have but a, it, it would, if the word diarrhea meant elegant, that would, <laughs> it is, I don't think it would feel the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Okay, so here is a word that is meant to represent this. And but I have no idea how to pronounce it. I'm gonna say finesthemy. Okay. It looks like the word phones and the word theme right next to each other. So phones theme. But yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion it's something like finesthemy. But yeah, I think that's exactly what we're looking for. Like uh, just words that sound like their meaning, um, and not necessarily there's there's no value assigned there it's not a, a pretty word that means pretty you know it's just anything that sounds like it's meaning um which makes for a nice little seg into my last word if i can go out of order here yes. um and that that word is awkward which i think is another example of uh of exactly that um where you know awkward sounds awkward it's awkward itself to say you know with the the multiple w sounds kind of crammed in there in close proximity with only kind of an ugly k sound intervening um so i I, again i think it's just a really nice example of a word that sounds exactly like what it means even though that thing is uh not pleasant uh necessarily uh but in in prepping for this episode i looked this up uh etymology wise and i was surprised to learn that it actually means if i can find it it's from middle english uh and it it used to mean in the wrong direction um so that one part of it awk it used to have an e on the end but it's otherwise the same awk meant turned the wrong way uh and it probably went back to an old norse and then to an old high german word but uh, it actually was, you know, now we couldn't break that term apart into its component pieces. But there was a point in the development of the language where it actually meant turn the wrong way. So to go in an awkward direction meant in the wrong direction. Um, and I just think that's kind of kind of jibes nicely with what the word has come to mean now. Awk. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think that's how it's pronounced. You know. I like it. I mean, you know, I, you hear people kind of use it as slang. They'll say that's a kind of that's a little awk. Mm-hmm. Is that that's a thing that the the kids are saying? I now think it real? is, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So awk now exists again. What, yes. What's old is new again. That's cool. You play jazz flute. I dabble. We got it now. It's all right. 
Little having eggs coming at you. Hold on, people. Hope you got your griddles. That's baby making music, that's what that is. Oh. Okay, Ryan, you wanna go next? So my last uh, word, I asked my uh, friend and co-host on uh, Out of Office, uh, the travel podcast I, I co-host, to tell me what my third favorite word was based on having spoken to me a lot over the last <laughs> decade. <laughs> And he came up with this, and I, I think I agree. It's a word that I use a lot, um, and it's nightmare. Mm. And I use it, I use it, you know, to describe when I'm asked to do something at work. I'm like, oh, that's a nightmare, you know, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's a nightmare. I, He's a nightmare. Too many social appointments. It's a nightmare. I've, I, I did a lot of nightmares uh, in my in my life. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Um, but it, I never use it to, I, I never use it to describe like an actual, an actual bad dream. Bad dream. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a good that, word. It's a this good is word. Giving us a real portrait of what it, what it's like to walk around in your skin, Ryan. <laughs> it's <laughs> a nightmare. Like anxious. Fucking, it's like the, the <laughs> first third. Afraid. I was just going to yeah. say that. That's exactly yeah. where, where I was going with that. It was the first, the first act of Bo is afraid. <laughs> Why is it called that? Like, why were they named that? Um, it is indeed a compound. I'm reading from uh, Merriam-Webster here. A compound formed from night and mare. So you, if so, your guess is correct. So, so yes, Amanda, you're, you're correct. It's a compound from those two words. But a mare is a female evil spirit or demon. An old yeah, era. interesting. Yeah. So even though now we associate it with horse or similar equine animal. The mare of nightmare is a different word, an obsolete one referring to an evil spirit that was once thought to produce feelings of suffocation in people while they slept. So by the way, that particular nightmare is like shared across cultures and across time. There's this, I don't know if, if either of you have ever had the sleep paralysis thing. I I've, have I've, that. I've, I've read about it. Yeah, you, you yeah. have you have that. I've had it like I've had it my whole life. Do you yeah, have yeah. I well, only a few times throughout my life, but really memorable when it when it really memorably when it's happened. Um, I think my sisters had it more, like, uh, more continually. Like you're you're talking about Amanda, yeah. like your whole life. Um, but some people call it the old hag dream. Yeah, it seems to be this this really common thing just across people worldwide is to have a nightmare where you feel like you're awake. It's probably a, a state of sleep where you're you're neither completely asleep nor fully awake yet. You're you feel like you're awake but you're unable to move and you it's usually like a shadowy figure that you know without being able to quite look at her directly is like an old witchy woman basically. Um, and some people will say that she sits on their chest and causes a suffocating feeling. I think some people like she holds down the bedclothes and suffocates you. Um, and eventually you wake up, but it, it, it's this very real feeling, sleep paralysis. Like You have to give in and like let yourself fall deeper asleep in order to wake up. That's what it feels like to me. Interesting. You have to accept that you're about to, you're, you're like, you're okay. not able to do anything. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to let myself die now. <laughs> I'm going to let that, you know, yeah, let the hag kill me. Sounds terrible. It's horrible. 
It's horrible. I get it less than I did when I was young. That's um, so. It's so interesting. Between that and the though, snoring, that... Amanda, you must have been just really fun to have it sleep over. Terrible, Mike. You missed this part. <laughs> I was like a terrible snorer when I was young. <laughs> so bad that they not only took out my tonsils, but they took out my uvula. Oh whoa! I didn't even know that was a medical procedure. That's that's wild. talk about their least favorite word yeah let's do it so my least favorite word uh, i don't like to say it i don't like its definition is the word content mm. mm-hmm. I, I i think it's become this sort of uh overarching thing that describes you can describe movies tv shows podcasts uh you know, magazine articles. Uh, it can describe a meme. It, it's it's so broad that it's it's sort of meaningless. And it mm-hmm. and to me, it's like a race to the bottom word. Like you don't describe a great novel as content. You know, um, mm-hmm. and I know there's been a debate online about the difference between Marvel movies and a Scorsese film. Is Marvel's making content? And I'm I don't want to crap on Marvel necessarily but i do i just think that the word is so overused and it it, it, you know 10 years ago it meant kind of just internet junk like a blog or whatever and now Mm -hmm. now it now it means kind of any form of media that uh you know a publication can drop so netflix puts out content which i think is so demoralizing to the people who participate in the creation of that of that work uh Mm-hmm. I've yeah. heard it used in a derogatory way amongst parents in the New York City, New York City schools. Like, oh, she's not going to be a content creator. Like, we're going to lean into STEM, you know. Mm-hmm. But do, I mean, do younger generations hear it the way that we do? Would that be, would that that person describe herself as a content creator? I don't know. I I just feel like maybe we're, I mean, we're old, basically. Uh, I, you know, maybe to us, it sounds lower than it does to the younger generation who, who wouldn't mind having that as a job title or well, maybe not because they like that. They like because <laughs> they, because they, they can't tell the, they can't tell the difference between right. content and art. I mean, yeah, that so. is exactly what I, I want to say, but not as, not as directly as you just did. Mike. Oh, I'm fine with that. I'm fine yeah. with crapping all over Marvel yeah. movies. Uh, which I do feel like is the lowest form of content. And I think there's probably always been quote unquote content. There's been like beach reads and, and, and cheesy pop music and whatever, but, but now it's just, it's overtaken everything that where, uh, you know, folks use content when I would use novel or film or, uh, article, you know, uh, I mean, I think especially like online writing, like, you know, when you read something in the New Yorker physically, never think to yourself this is content but if you, if you if you get linked to it it's like oh my gosh is this content am i, am I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and the new yorker you know a, an article in the physical version of the new yorker especially no but maybe a listicle on buzzfeed 
feels more like content. Right. That's yeah. That's what I'm. That is content. Yeah. For better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> that guy Andy Borowitz, who somehow writes for the New Yorker, that is content. That is not. <laughs> 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 that is exactly what I mean when I say content. <laughs> that's the Borowitz report, right? Mm-hmm, is that the, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's never been funny to anyone under 60. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I've ever even looked at it. I think <laughs> it's I, so hard to sit through. I've just seen that the, <laughs> the headlines on the site and gone, nah, not for me. But you know what? The Harper's Index kind of unapologetically content. And it's something you do read? I, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when I get Harper's physically, I don't read it like I don't seek it out if it's mm-hmm. not. Or, yeah, but it does feel more like content. You know, it's kind of boxy in a way. Ah, uh, gotcha. Uh, Amanda, you want to give us your least favorite? My least favorite word is interact. Interact. <laughs> James actually had a professor in law school who used to say, I don't know if you're talking about a handshake or intercourse. I mean, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. The, Those are very different things, Amanda. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that that feels of a piece with Ryan's least favorite, where it's these overly broad terms that don't they just kind of fail to describe anything in a way that that you can visualize what's being described, you know, yep. um, they're, they're sort of a catch all where something more specific um, and more evocative visually uh, would would be preferable i think is is maybe the reason that you two bristle at those two words it's hard to imagine why they were ever needed right i and i'm thinking like i hate interface also which i think is more specific like i I think that's specific to like a one-on-one in person probably well maybe zoom but a conversation one-on-one where you can see the other person so i think it's specific enough in what's being described but there's a Gosh, you, know, you, you have like, fancy friends who are using interface to mean like a conversation as opposed to like. <laughs> you haven't you come know. across that like more. No, I mean I'm I'm, the... I'm aware that it happens. I, my friends just wouldn't say that, but, but yeah, yeah. Know, my, when my friends say interface, they mean like you know how they're ordering food on DoorDash or whatever. <laughs> right, and inter and interface. Yeah, not the verb to interface. Yeah, maybe my friends are just saying, "Hey, let's interface later." Yeah, <laughs> super cool. <laughs> What are you doing this weekend? I'm going to interface with a few folks. <laughs> I got to interface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So for, for my least favorite, I'm again, I, I guess I should preface this by saying, I'm not even sure this is my personal least favorite, but more than one person I've worked with over the years has said that this is the word they hate the most in all of the English language. Um, do you want to guess what it is? <laughs> like on the edge of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> and I swear th- these are real conversations I've had with people over the years. They hate the word moist. That's a terrible word. Yeah. And I think that's the reaction a lot of people have. Um, and I, again, I think it just comes down to purely the quality of the sound of this, uh, is just not a nice, it's just like a weird jamming together of kind of unpleasant sounds. Um, I, it's almost another phonus theme. What, how are we saying it? <laughs> it? No, it really is. Like moist does sound moist. It, and I've heard many people describe this as 
as one of their least favorite words. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I hadn't considered that it could be another example of that where it, you almost have to say it with a, with like, you almost have to produce moisture audibly to say it. Um, that hadn't occurred to me. That's that, gross. That's, yeah, I know it is. It is really gross, but that that's funny. Um, but to me, this, this one's interesting because I don't think it, if you look this up in the dictionary, there's nothing connotatively loaded one way or the other about this word. It's, it's kind of a neutral word. And in fact, I think when I was looking this up, some of the example sentences I came across were using it in a positive uh, sense. Like the, you know, the, the cake was heavenly, it was moist. Um, so, I, I, which I wouldn't, I don't think I would say, because I do hear this as kind of a gross word. I would um, say, I would, what would you say about a cake? Yeah, that's the problem. It's uh, like, I, it, I think it, I would say it's not dry. Yeah, it's, it's undry. It's, it's amazingly <laughs> undry, this cake. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, moist in a, in a, in a, you know, intimate context isn't gross. So, oh my God, everybody stop saying it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you want to say it though. I think the phenomenon is in <laughs> like that, that you want to have it's healthy. You know? Yeah. That, yeah. That's, a, that's a good sign. That's, <laughs> that, uh, but I don't think, I don't think you want to use the word, you know, <laughs> <laughs> It's not part of your pillow talk. Just <laughs> just bandying about the word moist. <laughs> Why don't you say it, Mike? Why don't you say it and see what happens? Yeah, I'll report back. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Be quiet. Keep it cool. You don't want to start a riot. Be quiet. Keep it cool. You don't want to start a riot. Let's ride, let's ride, let's go, let's go, let's ride, let's go, let's go, let's ride, let's ride. Okay, let's move move along here to uh, our favorite non-English words, Uh, and I'm very curious about. uh, um, uh, First of all, I think we should start with Amanda because Amanda was skirting this the whole time with like uh, Scots English with Scots English, which is like debatable. I'm going to have all of Scotland so pissed at me if I I call it debatable. Yeah, I will have you know that you just (laughs) lost a lot of listeners. (laughs) I love Scottish people. Let it let it be known. My favorite movie of all time is Scottish, and I love the book it's based on. And what is it? Uh, Train Spotting. I love the the movie Train Spotting. It's still one and of your it, favorite movies. It, it's my favorite movie. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's my number one. Um, it's, very, it's very Scottish. I, I, yeah, I just think it's it's it hits every um, every tone it goes for, which is a lot. It kind of it, you know, it's not a movie that that sits in one emotional register. It's all over the place, and it just hits on every cylinder and. Whatever. I don't feel the need to justify my love for train spotting <laughs> to you, Ryan. No, no, it's great. But it's great. my point being, I love, I love Scottish people. I yeah. think they have the best sense of humor on the planet too. So, like Scottish Twitter is so good. It's always. I'm not on Twitter or X, whatever we're we're calling it now. But uh, um, when I was Scottish Twitter was was always incredibly fun. Um. So anyway, Amanda, the stage is set. Uh, if you want to go ahead with your foreign word. Yes. I had to reach out to another friend to tell me how to pronounce this, my friend George, but it's Kummerspeck, and it's 
German, mm-hmm. in case you couldn't tell. Can I guess what this is? Yeah. Can you spell it first? K-U-M-M-E-R-S-P-E-C-K. Is it a type of ham? Yes, it totally is. Is it? Okay, good. But so much more. So Kummerspeck means grief bacon. And (laughs) there's no judgment in it whatsoever. It's an accepted part of life that you will gain weight from eating when you're sad. Mm. So it's like you would like tap you know, your love handle and be like, oh yeah, my kummerspeck, my grief <laughs> bacon. And I think it can also be used for what you're eating when you're, when you're sad. Mm-hmm. But I just love that there's no judgment. It's just an accepted part of life. It's kind of not a million miles from comfort food. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the, the idea. yeah. And it's the, the non-judgmental or even positive kind of feel to that term, you know? But at the same time, it's it's very German, too, that the yeah, yeah. German word building like that. But in Germany, you become the ham. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Schwein, as they would say. <laughs> Do you speak German? No, I, I was going to say, I don't know if it's D or der or what's the other one? Das. But I, I know uh, Schwein is, is pig, like swine, obviously. Du hast... <laughs> Wait till you get to mine. Mine's uh, I, I I'm gonna have a Rammstein audio drop for mine because that's where I that's actually where I learned it. Yeah, mine um, is also German. Oh wow, we did three. We picked three German examples. Yeah. But mine's so mid. It's so I'm like embarrassed by it at this point. Like no, well you might as well go ahead now. It's Schadenfreude. Oh, that's I mean that's a good that's one. That's good. Yeah, there's but no, it's I mean it's so like it's overdone. You there's know? no shame in that, Ryan. There's I, I feel I feel some Schadenfreude. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I would have the Schadenfreude about you squirming here. Yes. Yeah. Well, I pick this sort of mid word that's like used in a musical. <laughs> what musical? I, it's in a, there's a whole song in Avenue Q where they, they sing about uh, how great Schadenfreude is. Oh, Kim um, really wants me to see that. She's, that's one of her favorites that I haven't seen. I think it's still playing off Broadway. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta go to check that it one. out. Uh, uh, and I'll have, uh, if you don't, if you miss it, I'll have a little Schadenfreude that you didn't get to see Avenue Q. <laughs> and you did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ryan, did you see that that David Byrne musical closed? I did. I did. Yeah, I thought that was really good. I was, I was sad. Me too. I but I'm also, it. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy we got to see I, it. I saw that at the public, so I didn't see it on, on Broadway. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was I was meaning to ask if you'd seen it. I, I really liked it when I saw it. But it was, yeah, it, it was a I, I small, did too. It was a, it was a smaller, tighter production, apparently, than the, the big Broadway one. They had to even the big Broadway one felt like that room still felt really pretty intimate. You know, it didn't feel like a big Broadway theater. But anyway, um, and my my German choice, um, I still think this is like kind of crazy that we all independently picked the German word for this. Yeah. Out of all the the whole a whole literally a whole world of languages, <laughs> a whole world of languages, we just pick three German words <laughs> right down the middle with, yeah. with uh, the, the fatherland. Uh, so mine is, uh, and I'm like I said, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, so apologies, Deutschland. 
uh, Unendlichkeit. Uh, and it's U-N-E-N-D-L-I-C-H-K-E-I-T. Unendlichkeit. Uh, so can you guess what that might mean? Because I think this, like like all of my choices today, I think this sounds like what it means. But it, that I might be saying that because it kind of sounds like an, an English word. Um, I, I, I don't know what it means. I, so it, it means... Know, knowing you got it from Romstar makes me feel like it's maybe not a, not a nice word. <laughs> it's not like the, love and flowers. Or, see, you know. that's the thing though. Romstein's secretly kind of like cuddly when you, when you yeah. scratch beneath the, the hard metal <laughs> surface, you know. Um, this word means infinity or un, yeah. I guess more literally probably like unendingness, unendlichkeit. Um, oh gosh, I watched that uh, German series Dark on Netflix. With oh yeah, the, I've yeah. been meaning to watch that. They yeah. must use this word a thousand times in it because it's just it's, it's <laughs> the whole thing's like a, a allegory for our, uh, the multiverse. Oh, gotcha. So it literally is un, an unending infinity. Yeah. That yeah, that would come up a lot. But yeah, producer Amanda, you're gonna have a great uh, audio drop for that for that one coming from me. Because um, <laughs> I think we should use. A thousand percent more more Rammstein on on this show. I, by the way, I highly recommend, since we all ended up with German words, the Instagram <laughs> account where I learned about Kummerspeck, which is German onliners. Ooh, okay. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, well, let's link to that in the, uh, the description. Absolutely. What are we cool. going to get up to in the next episode, Mike? Oh, God. I hadn't thought that far ahead, Ryan. I'm not sure, but whatever we do, I think it'll be compelling and uh grammar uh obsessed grammar besotted grammar adjacent adjacent <laughs> probably <laughs> at least tangentially related to, <laughs> to the language yeah well until then i'm ryan davis and i'm mike laws and this has been red pen a grammar podcast red pen is brought to you by the columbia journalism review and is mike laws my fabulous co-host and good buddy ryan j davis and super producer, Amanda Derrick. So everybody, uh, listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and leave questions for Mike on Grammar uh, right on the Apple Podcast app. And we can uh, respond to those in a future episode. <laughs>